Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi everyone, welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life. Today I am here with Jason, who is an Army brat. So Jason, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Good. We are so excited to have you on. So start by telling me what it was like for you growing up a military brat. Well, I think a lot of being a child when my my dad was in the Army was a lot of, of chaos. Uh, it was chaos, getting used to my dad being in the military. It was all, being all over the place, all the places all at once, and needing to learn new things every time you moved. Right. Yeah, because every part of the U.S. is different. Every state is different. You know, your friends change and everything. So where all did you live and get to kind of plant roots? Uh, so my my dad was actually in the army when he was really young, and then he got out, and so he wasn't in the military. Um, so he's my stepdad, but I call him my dad because he adopted me and my brothers and sisters. But yeah. um, so he was working in manufacturing, and then decided to go back into the army later on. And so when he joined the army again, we were living in Oregon, and then so we ended up moving to Fort Irwin, California, which is just outside of Barstow. It was a very abrupt change when we moved, um, not only for schooling, but friends that we had got used to. And then, you know, not having uh, dealt with the military um, much prior to that, there was a lot of unknowns, like what's going to happen when I move? Who am I going to meet? And so you know, there was a lot of questions going through my mind, especially as a freshman in high school. Right. Yeah. My dad, um, he joined the army right out of high school and then he got out in 2003. I was born in 2002. He got out in 2003 and then he got back in in 2010 when I was nine. So he worked as a, he was on the special response team at the county jail in Ohio. And then he got, um, he went back in the army and he went army reserve so he could, you know, do all jobs. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it's a weird transition. It's like an older child, you know, going in back into that military life that, I mean, I guess for me, at least, I kind of at least one point knew, but I was an infant, so, you know, Um, but yeah, I guess it's a weird transition as an older child, despite, you know, being born into it and living that lifestyle from, you know, day one. Yeah, my, so my dad didn't go full-time army right away. He did start off in the reserves. So there was a little, a little bit of a learning curve because the the reserves, you know, he really just went and did his weekend thing. And then occasionally he was gone for longer training, but we really weren't immersed into the military lifestyle until he went full-time army. And then it was, 
you know, we, we, I remember very clearly when we first got to, um, Fort Irwin, California, because we got there in the middle of the night because we drove down from Oregon. And when we got there, he is already in communication with his, uh, one of his sergeants and they had agreed to, uh, they had got us all set up in temporary military housing. Um, and so really seeing, you know, how much of a change that was going from living in an apartment in Oregon to living in like military housing in California is just so di- this, the housing styles different. Uh, everybody seemed to have just a way about them that was like welcoming um, and everybody was used to it. You know, you get to a place where everybody's used to moving around. Um, and of course they understand, so they want to be welcoming and they want to, to help you get settled. And that, that was great. It was great to, to have that. Yeah. That's like the best part. You, you know, as we say it all the time, like you have your military family, right. But civilians, you know, probably don't understand what we say when you say you have military family, it's literally like an extension of your family. Like no matter how long you know them for, if you move in in the middle of the night, you know, whatever the case may be, like they're right there when you need them. If you need something, you knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, like, you know, you can't do that in the outside world. You cannot. It's not the same. No, I I've had people that I have, you know, like I worked with like 10 years ago And like, you might find like one out of 10 people will still be in contact with you. But I was just talking to my mom the other day, and they were talking about a friend of my dad's from when he was originally in the military and how they had, he was passing through town and they wanted to get together and, and have a drink or, you know, just catch up. And it's just, it's crazy to me because my dad was in the army for, you know, 21 years and and so you know when he was in before that was you know 30 plus years ago right um so that's a long time to still be in contact with people and unless you've been around military you don't understand just how tight that camaraderie is yeah and the fact that you can just pick up the phone even like 10 years later and it's like nothing ever happened no time went by even uh, my dad retired in 2014. I lost contact with all my friends. And then, you know, it was a mix of technology kind of advancing and us being too lazy to write letters and exchange addresses and moving and, you know, chaos. But, you know, five, six, seven, eight years later, you find them on social media and it's like, hey, I remember you. And then it's literally like your best friend is still there. You don't lose anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got, there's a couple groups that I'm a part of on Facebook. And one of them is, so my first duty station when I was in the Navy was on a ship. So the USS Ogden. And so you start adding a couple of the people that were with you on the ship. And then next thing you know, like 50 people that you used to be on the ship with and you might not have had like close contact with them right um a lot when you were there but you know them like you interacted with them at some point you'd recognize their name you recognize their face because 
you know, when you're around somebody every day for, you know, years, um, that sticks in your brain. And to be able to just, you know, have that conversation after so much time has passed is, is awesome. You know, I, I wish there was more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, just even going back and thinking, you know, I was talking to my friend on the podcast the other day. And, you know, you start th- like talking to people and you're like, oh, my gosh, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Oh, I didn't remember that. But now I remember it now. Like you just start going back and forth and the memories start flooding in. And it's such a great feeling. And again, like you don't get that and you don't understand that unless you lived the military life. Yeah. And I thought I had an idea of that when it was just me being in high school and my dad, you know, being in the army. And then I really didn't, I really didn't understand it until I kind of flipped the script. And then I was the one in the military. And, you know, then I was the one with a a spouse who was dealing with me being away. And I had my kids who were dealing with, you know, and they were, they were very young when I was when I was gone, but, um, but you don't realize just how that, that military experience, um, just really shapes who you are. Yeah. And yeah. What made you join the military? Like, was it your dad's service? Was that impact of it or was it something different? I, I, I definitely think that my my dad's uh, you know living with with my dad being in the army and the military lifestyle very much had an influence on me wanting to join the military. Um, and he didn't he didn't have the greatest experience in right. He dealt with like what a lot of people deal with. He had people that he didn't like in the military. He had you know supervisors that tend to take advantage of being in that supervisory position. Right. Um, and that that's the same that you would come across in the civilian job. You might you might come across that as well. But I think a lot of it had to do with I really wanted the st- stability. And I knew that, like, even if you run into those things in the military, like there's always ways to adapt and overcome. And they really teach you that. Um, and and so my dad was in the army, but I didn't. And I, I know it sounds sort of silly, but I didn't like their uniforms. And so that's <laughs> why I joined I joined the Navy is because yeah. I thought their uniforms looked nicer. But then when I started to to look into it, and so um I joined, I was a hospital corpsman. Um a lot of people don't know what that is, but it, it's like a combat medic. Um and when I initially joined, it was supposed to be you're going to a Navy hospital and you're going to, you know, hopefully work your way up to being a nurse. Um, and when I was in uh, training, September 11th happened because I joined the military in June of 2001. And wow. so I'm in training in September of 2001. And then that just changed it. Then they're like, everybody is going to train with the Marines. Right. Um, because the, the Marines don't have a medical field. So a Navy corpsman serves with the Marines. You wear Marine Corps uniforms, you do Marine Corps things. Right. Um, and so it, it just changed. 
And that was one thing I was so thankful to have the experience from my, my dad being in the military is because you learn that sort of adapt and overcome. Um, and you can definitely tell like in boot camp and in the first part of the military, you can tell the people who were immersed into that environment versus people who had no idea what the military was like, what what it meant to be in the military and that sort of sacrifice that you have to go through. Yeah. Crazy time period because everything just, it just changes. And, you know, enlistment went up like we were in war and we hadn't been in war, you know, prior to that. And I mean, even though I was not even born yet when that happened, like you can still tell that there's that shift. And I was talking to somebody on the podcast the other day and it was like, uh, you know, we're all in college. So he asked his, or it was someone else. I don't know. Somebody asked her, it was, um, was the Amara. She asked her college uh, class, you know, the impact that the Iraq war had on them because we had just come up on the 20-year mark of it and everyone went we were in war like they didn't even know we were in war and it's like unless you're living that military lifestyle and you're a military child you're a service member you're you know a spouse something you don't know and it it's hard because like when we pulled out of Afghanistan I was crushed you know cuz my that's where my dad served my dad got injured there and so that was like my world got you know just shaken and everyone's like why is this such a big deal why is this such a big deal and I'm like you don't understand you know how much one you know aspect impacts the rest of your life, you know, our American history, everything. Right. Yeah. My, when I went in, right, I was, I, I had this whole plan when they talked about, oh, you can do this medical job. And I right. was like, well, that, that sounds cool. That, you know, the idea of, um, you know, helping people and, I mean, even even my name, Jason, in Greek apparently means healer. So it was like I felt like I was destined to do this job. Right. But then after they they changed it when September 11th happened, it was like night and day difference with what I was expecting. I was expecting to go to a, a Navy hospital and you end up in the field with the Marines. And it's just such a different experience because when you train with the Marines, it's not you're not a Navy corpsman anymore. You're a Marine. They right. they want you to have the mentality that you are a rifleman before anything else. And then if you don't need to be a rifleman, then you're a corpsman. Right. And, and so to have that mentality sort of like force a shift within you with what your expectations were, um, it changes your, your military career. Um, from the get go. And so, you know, I, of course, went finished core school. And then I went to train with the Marines in Camp Pendleton, California. And then so I'm expecting to go to a Marine Corps unit. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just preparing my mindset to be like, you know, I'm potentially going to go to war. 
Right. And and then I get my orders and it's to a ship. And again, you have to once again deal with the shift of your expectations. And just that I, I'm so thankful for having the experience of of my dad being in the military and having that because that once again, the adapt and overcome just sticks with you. And, and it seems like a lot of the, you know, experiences from the military kind of push that it pushes that. So when you get out of the military, you have all of that. Yeah, I had, I didn't know it for the longest time. Um, But like brat is, there's a couple different meanings for it, but I always say it's an acronym and, you know, everyone's letters are different, but B is for braveness, A is for adaptability, or sorry, R is for resilience, A is for adaptability, and T is for toughness. And it's like, oh my gosh, those are like, when you look at a military child, like, that's exactly like, you know, what we're made of, you know, and that adaptation is the biggest thing. And then, you know, it carries on with you no matter where you go. I have so many friends who have joined the military afterwards. You know, I did not. I'm considering possibly. But, you know, you're able to just go and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to do it. And then when you have to go plan B, C, D, E, F, you know, all the way through the plans, you're like, all right, well, I know how to do this, (laughs) you know, because I grew up having to do it. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, so when my dad was in the army, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, sometimes people experience them and some people don't, but do you know what an MRE is? Yes, I do. (laughs) My dad used to bring them home and we'd eat them in our lunches for snacks at school. Right. Yeah. And he, my dad would also bring home those like freeze dried, like large trays of like, you know, cause I had two brothers and two sisters. So yeah. if you get this food from the military, you know, you add water to it, rehydrate it and boom, you have cardboard eggs. Um, <laughs> literally. Literally. So my dad would also bring home, uh, MREs. And when I was in high school, so when I moved, when we first moved to California, they had somehow lost my half of my freshman year. And so I was, I started off behind schedule. Right. Um, and, and they gave me the option. There was a school next door, um, that offered the work at your own pace. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I'll do that. And then I'll move back over to the school and have the normal high school experience. But, you know, when it's your first, your dad's first duty station back in full-time military, it's your first real experience um, with the military. And so you're not expecting to like, oh, well, you're going to get used to this in a couple of years and then you're going to move and then right. you have to do it all over again. Um, but while I was there, I, uh, in this uh, work at your own pace school, I was then I worked so far ahead that I was classified as a senior at the end of my sophomore year. Oh my gosh. And and so I'm like, I could just graduate early, join the military at 17. I'll be golden. But then, you know, when you're at like one of those schools, you generally have older kids that may have gotten trouble and then they end up in this school to catch up on things. And so there's a lot of peer pressure to 
be getting into things that you're not supposed to. And so I was kind of peer pressured to do a senior prank, which was uh, using an MRE to make an MRE bomb, which is, is really, it's really just a plastic bottle and you put the MRE heater in it and it expands the bottle and then pop. But um, so I did that. And of course it resulted in me uh, getting in trouble <laughs> because so they initially were trying to charge me with possession of explosives oh when goodness. I was 16 years old. Um, and then after I kind of explained, like I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. This was just a senior prank. Like you learn very quickly, like your actions have consequences and the judge was understanding to my perspective and I mean, they were telling me, they were like, you're going to go to juvie. You're going to, you're going to be in trouble. I'm like, all oh, my chances of joining the military are just going out the window. But, right. but then the judge gave me six months unsupervised probation and he dropped it down from possession of explosives to possession of fireworks on a public premises. Um, but wow. I still, I still ended up getting expelled and then had to go to another school, which had even worse kids in it. But I could not be more grateful when my dad was like, we're moving to Louisiana. (laughs) And I was like, I am so over California. I'm ready to go. Um, And so then you you hit the reset button and you do it all over again. And so I ultimately ended up moving um, just before my senior year. And so I did my whole senior year in Louisiana before I joined the Navy. Wow. You know, sometimes it's like you don't want to leave. You want to stay like you want to stay. And then sometimes it's like, just get me out of here. I'm so done. I'm so over it. Right. Yeah. And some some duty stations are, you know, different than others. I noticed that, you know, most of my time in the Navy was spent in San Diego, but there's multiple duty stations there. I had the ship at the Navy hospital. I had the Marine Corps base. Um, you have multiple, you know, you have training, uh, commands that are there and, and you realize that every place you go, you're going to run into people that you just don't mesh well with, right? When you throw a little bit of every different type of personality and you confine them into one space, one space, you're going to run into where you have conflicts, right? I had people on the ship I didn't didn't care too much for. I had people at the Navy hospital, Marine Corps, like every place you go, you're going to run into people that you don't like. And I think the the military life kind of teaches you that it's okay to have that kind of experience. It's okay to to understand that you're going to run into people that you don't mesh well with, but the military sort of teaches you like, how to mesh well with them, even though like you have this thought, like in any normal search, uh, circumstance, you would not want to like, I'm not going to go hang out with this person, but then you find right. yourself hanging out with this person because the military teaches you like get along, like period. There's no comma there. You know, it's, yeah. you get along. That's it. Yeah. Um, you're all but, fighting one cause. Like, you know, you are there for the same purpose. Like, bottom line, you're the same person. Like, you just are. You have different personalities, and that's it. Right. Yeah, and and that's you can also kind of pick it up from far away when you've got like a military base close, and then you go to like their downtown or place where there's a lot of bars or 
or places where a lot of people are just out and about and you see this group of individuals and you might have, you know, uh, a couple people from the South and a couple people from Alaska and a couple people from Japan and a couple people from Louisiana and they're all walking in one group and you're just like, this is an interesting group of individuals, but you you know, your views in the military and with with who you hang out with and who you become, you know, vast friends with are, you know, it it transcends color and race and all of those things that society has kind of pushed to separate us, um, you know, and all those problems seem to go away. When, when you're in the military environment, all those things just you don't see them. Um, and I know that my dad, like way when he first joined the military had dealt with, um, you know, some of those issues and, and today, like even more so like you still have those problems, but the military kind of teaches you like you are all here for one purpose and that's it, that purpose and nothing else. And right. once, once that kind of sticks in your brain, like it's there, it's there for life. Yeah. It's that kind of theory of we all bleed red. Like, you know, no matter what, you know, we're made of, no matter what our thoughts are, like we all bleed the same color. Like we're all here, you know, to do, you know, like you said, that we're here for this purpose and that's it. Like, and, you know, some of the coolest people you meet are the people you would have never thought you would hang out with and never thought you would get along with, you know? And then you just start talking to them and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we actually have this in common and we have this in common or, you know, and that's that's really the cool thing about the military is you get all of these people from literally all around the world, you know, into one space and you just, you become friends, you become that military family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thankful. I, I still have, you know, contacts from people that I was in the military. One of my friends that I met in Louisiana, he, he went to high school outside of the military base where my dad, my dad was stationed. So we didn't go to the same high school, but he was friends with people that lived down the street from me who obviously were on the military base And then, you know, the three of us like really hung out a lot. And one of them I lost contact with, but uh, my friend Eddie joined the Navy two weeks before I did. And I was lucky enough to, to see him. And when I was in boot camp, you know, you don't, you don't, if, unless you join together and you end up in the same boot camp division, you don't really see other people. And so there was, you know, when you're in the chow hall, you might run into, to someone that, you know, and and I still talk with him. He's actually about to retire um, from the Navy, which is crazy because, you know, if I think about how long ago I had joined the Navy, you know, and I've been out since 2012, um, but he's about to retire after like 20 something years. And it's just crazy hearing like his experience on it and the different things that he has to deal with now being in a leadership position, but, you know, ultimately on the back end of his, his career. And everybody has sort of a different experience from the military. Um, 
it's not, you know, my experience is going to be completely, even if it's, you know, with somebody else I served, your experiences are just so different. And the same goes for, you know, children who, uh, you know, their parents were in the military. Everybody has a different experience. You may find someone where their dad was in like special ops and they were just gone all the time. Um, right. And, you know, it's, it's sad, but it's also like that person that's in the, the special ops is, you know, it's especially strong sacrifice that you have to give up when you do stuff like that. But it's not just them. It's also their family members, their spouse, their kids, their family. All of them have to give up those, you know, potential moments, you know, memories. And and it's it's hard sometimes. Yeah, it's a tough lifestyle. And you don't. Like, looking on from the outside in, it's, like, it's just, like, one little thing. Like, it's fine. Like, keep moving on. Like, it doesn't matter. Or, and then we're here. It's, like, no. Like, this is huge. Like, you know, we're actually living it. Like, you can't, you know, if you're just looking from the outside in, it looks like some things are not a big deal. But it's, like, no, this is huge, you know. And you don't, you don't realize it unless you live it. And, you know, so many experiences that that we get as military kids as family members you know it shapes us it shapes who we are and it gives us those characteristics that not many other people our age have right some of the friends of mine that are like still on my facebook that were like people that i met when I don't think I have anybody on there from when I was, when my dad was in Fort Irwin, California, but I do have friends that I had made my senior year that are like on my Facebook. Um, and so a big part of when I first joined the military, social media wasn't a thing. Right. Um, and, you know, I can remember that like MySpace was a thing sort of a little ways into it. And then it wasn't really until smartphones really brought social media to your, your fingertips that you start reconnecting with people that you may have lost contact with. And even just, you know, taking pictures and documenting memories and stuff, um, you know, with your military experience and, you know, with my dad being in the army, like, I don't know that I have hardly any pictures from when my dad was first in back into the army and, or even when I was in Louisiana, but now it seems like, you know, you've got people recording TikTok videos on in military commands. Right. So it's, it's so different now compared to how it was back then. So you, you said you were born in 2002? Yes. Okay. So my I have two girls that are 13 and almost 17. So so obviously 2006 and 2009. But they right. were like, they were babies. Um, one of my deployments, uh, my almost 17-year-old, she was a baby. And then she was just a few years old when I went on my last deployment and then obviously I deployed before that right. but my my youngest you know she was she had literally like was one year old she was one year old when I left for Afghanistan and so you know 
trying to remember like how things were back then, you know, it's, it's hard, but some things just stick with you. You know, the having to go away, that, that feeling of separation and that feeling of, you know, what sort of things am I missing while I'm gone? And then, you know, trying to understand it from their perspective as like, I wonder what he's doing over there or, you know, and I wonder that sometimes too, when my dad was in the army and, and trying to figure out like, okay, he's going to be gone for a week. What does that mean? Like, right. where's he's going to sleep? What's, what's he going to eat? Right. Um, you know, how is he going to, you know, watch a movie or, or play games? And, um, you know, these are all the things that you, you know, you miss out on when, when your parent is gone. Yeah. And a lot of things that, you know, I missed and I, I was, you know, I was lucky to, to have a little bit of technology on some of my deployments. You know, you're able to occasionally do video calls. Um, we, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, we had a British compound, uh, that was like right next door. When I say British compound, I mean, it was two guys. Um, and they, they were all about their biscuits and their chips. <laughs> um, and, uh, so biscuits being cookies and chips being fries. And they, they had access to a washer and a dryer. So having that while you're deployed is like, you, you sort of work things out. One of them was older. And so I was a medic. So I had access to Motrin and Tylenol and, yeah. and he would just, it was like, Hey, Hey doc, can I get some Motrin? <laughs> and he's like, I'll let you run a load of laundry in the, in the washer. Oh and gosh. so out of, out of me and all my Marines and stuff, you know, I, I had the cleanest uniform when I was in Afghanistan. We didn't have, <laughs> we didn't have running water. We didn't have showers. I went right. like five months without taking a shower. Um, but these are like when you're, when you're a kid and your parent is the one experiencing that you think about those things and you are like, well, what are they doing while they're gone? You know, and it's hard to really fill that gap because you, you don't know it's just vacant space. Mm -hmm. Um, and if your communication is limited, like, you know, how do you find that information out? You have to wait until they come back. Yeah. It's not like they're over there, like vlogging, you know, everything that's going on, you know, like people over here do all the time. And, you know, sometimes you're lucky if you get those video chats, you're lucky. Like we never um, got to video chat with my dad when he was in Afghanistan in 2011. Um, Like we never got that, you know, Um, we would I got one letter. He was gone for four months. He was injured while he was over there. So he was only gone for four months, Um, not the full deployment. But, you know, I got one letter within those four months, like that's all you get. And it's weird to, to have that as a child. Cause you're like, you have all those questions and you're like, well, you know, I want to say all of these things to you. I want to ask you all these questions, but I, I can't. And you're just, you know, left wondering and waiting until, you know, they come back, you know, whether that be, you know, just a weekend, a month, a year, uh, you know, a week, you never know. Right. Yeah. I, I remember one time I got a letter and um, so I was married when I was 
in the Navy. And then after I got out of the Navy, I got divorced. Now I've been remarried for four years. Um, and so I sort of see the, the, the sort of things that I had missed. Um, I got a letter and I remember looking at the date and then I'm like looking, you know, trying to figure out, you know, sometimes you don't know what day it is because you just, you're on watch and then you're not on watch and then you're on patrol and you're not on patrol and days kind of blend together. Right. And I got this, I got this letter and it was like written like almost two months prior. And so it was just talking about things that my daughter was doing and just thinking about like, what if this letter contained like significant things? Like she just started walking or, you know, she'd, you miss out on those things, but it's not just you missing out on these things from your child. It's also your child missing out on, on having you present in those situations. And so that memory is forever altered by you not being there. And that's a hard, that's a hard thing to get past. Yeah. And it, you know, it speaks to the resiliency of, you know, military families as a whole, whether that be the child, the spouse, the service member, like, you know, how we're able to say, hey, this didn't go as to planned, but we're just going to move on. Like, because we, we have no other choice. Like, you know, we can't just, you know, be on the outside and be like, all right, this didn't go as to planned. Let's think about this for like a month and then we'll get back to it. Like, you have to just, you have to, it's one foot in front of the other the entire time, whether you're walking, running, crawling, or, you know, sliding on the ground. Like, you know, you have to just keep going. Right. And I feel like there's there's a bunch of different responses that you get when you're a child and your your parent is in the military is you have some people that just have a hard time dealing with that. And and so then you also have people that are used to it. Right. So you have um, uh, so you have you have somebody that that may be like, oh, I'm so mad at my dad because he wasn't here for this. But then. You know, when when you're a kid and your parent is in the military, you you sort of learn after a while, like, I'm not going to hold this against them because they're they're doing something that is, you know, less than three percent, less than three percent of of people in the U.S. serve in the military. And if you think about just how many people are are in the United States, that's not a very high number. Right. Um, and so, you know, if you think about those getting past those things, you know, kids that had parents in the military find ways again to adapt and overcome. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it's present in every, everything that you do and it stays with you for a long, long time. Yeah, because if, you know, one thing, if your parent is not there for your birthday, like that could be a huge deal. But, you know, I'm fortunate my dad was always here. But for most kids, that's like a game changer, you know. Um, For me, the game changer was my dad not being here for the first day of school or the last day of school, like because those were big moments for me. But you say, all right, well, you're not here, like, first day in school and last day of school, they're still going to happen, you know, whether you're here or not. I can look at your picture and say, hey, you were here. You might have been a pitcher, but 
you know, that's it. You were still here. Like I knew you wanted to be here, but you were off doing something that, you know, is far more important than, you know, this one one day that's significant to me, you know, and right. you just keep moving. Yeah. I I remember that before my deployments to like Iraq and Afghanistan, they the military has kind of shifted. And I don't know if this was always the case, but I know like from my experience in the in the military, they always did this and they always gave you that little bit extra time before you left. And when you come back, then you get a little bit of extra time to sort of spend time with your family. Right. And I'd like to think that that's the military's way of just saying like, hey, we know family is important. We know you're going to be away for a long time and, you know, take these days and and sort of figure out your stuff and make sure that you have everything in order. You know, if if you are the primary person that is is mowing the yard, you know, and maybe your your spouse isn't capable of doing it, or maybe it's just a huge yard and, you know, they, they just can't do it. You right. know, it's one thing that you have to figure out, like, okay, well, what are we going to do for the next six months, a year, 18 months while I'm gone? Um, and when, when you're a kid, you, you learn these things, you know, you will learn uh, to push limits and you learn um to just kind of explore everything but when you're a military child it's like that like magnified times right i that's that's another thing too is i'm thankful for a lot of the things that not only did i learn while i was in the military but i learned with with you know living with my dad who is in the army is you learn ethics and you learn morals and, you know, I apply those things to my business. And I think it's because of those things that makes me successful in what I do. Yeah, because honestly, the military gives you this work ethic, whether, you know, you serve or you don't and you just you're living the child or the spouse life. You know, you have this work ethic that not many people do. And, you know, everyone looks at me and is like, you're 20, but you're doing so many things. And I'm like, I know because I have the dedication to do, you know, all of these things because of the life I live, because of the morals and values that were instilled in me from my parents, but also from the exterior aspect of the people that were uh, that I was surrounded with, you know, other veterans, other spouses, other servicemen and women, you know, it just it it's um. It's a ripple effect. It goes, you know, service member, spouse, kids, you know, generations down the line, you know, no matter if you end up serving or not. Right. Yeah. You if you walk up and you're having a conversation with somebody that you might not know, there is a difference between how somebody carries themselves after they've served in the military but yeah. there's very much the same sort of thing. It's not the same, but it's it's similar as someone who had a parent who was in the military. And yeah. you know, I've had I've had conversations with clients and stuff. Where I'm like, "Are you in the military?" And they're <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, you know, I was in the army for like four years, or I was in the Marines." Um, right. The Marines, you can almost always tell if they're yes, a Marine. You can. <laughs> 
<laughs> almost, almost always. Right. Um, but it, it's also like, I ran into people where I was like, they're like they were in the military, but like, it's just something different. And then when you talk to them, they had a parent who was in the military. Right. And so they just, they carry, you carry yourself different when you have to learn those things. And it, it also like everybody has different experiences, right? But across the board, like you're still going to be affected from it. And a lot of the times, you know, you have hard things, but those hard things are not there so you can try and climb over them. They're there so you build up the strength. So when they're hard things, again, you can, my two favorite words, <laughs> adapt and overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, just talking to people, like I was sitting, I'm, I'm a student journalist, a staff writer for um, our school newspaper. And so we're just sitting there talking, having a conversation and um, the story about veterans comes up and, you know, we had a prior veteran, um, I believe she said he was in the Navy actually, but, you know, sitting there and then I was there an army brat. And then this other girl is goes like, yeah, I'm an army brat too. And then, you know, we just, you talk about things and it's, it was kind of like, you know, you have inside jokes almost because nobody else around you understands what you're talking about. But the three of you sitting right there know exactly what you're talking about, you know? Right. Yeah. When, when we, um, when we went to go check into, to Fort Irwin and you don't have this sort of, like, you don't know what to expect, right? If, mm -hmm. if you're not, there's a difference between someone who hasn't experienced being a military dependent and someone who's, you know, used to it. And when there's other people there waiting in the middle of the night to check into military housing and you just have one person who's looking around like, what do I expect? Where do we go? What are we supposed to do? Am I going to have all my stuff? And then the other person's just sitting there like, they'll call us when they get here. Yeah. Like they're, they're used to it. You can tell the difference between someone that has that experience and somebody who is just learning it. Yeah, because you know, you don't know until you get there. You know, it's one of those things. And it's great because you have this military community around you that just is like, all right, well, we're gonna help you get through it because you've never lived it before. You've never done it. So you know, we've done it a thousand times. So let's help, you know, the people around us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, those things stick with you. Once you learn them, they don't, they don't go away. Um, and I'm, I'm so thankful for, you know, my dad and the sacrifice that he made going into the army. And there were times where I was like, I don't know if like, um, you know, especially after moving, you know, your senior year of high school, that's a really hard time to move. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that my dad had only joined the army again later on. I don't know that it would be easy for, for me to be, have dealt with if I was younger and, you know, dealing with elementary school or even middle school, middle school is like the hardest. Right. And and so I'm thankful that it was a little later on, but I don't know that it really is easier no matter what time you do it. It it's just you you find ways to get used to it. 
And, but, you know, I'm thankful for it at the same time. Yeah. Um, the last, you know, thing I always like to ask and always like to touch on, because I think it's so important for, you know, military kids growing up, you know, in the lifestyle, you know, for those who don't know what to expect, don't know what to do. Um, but what advice would you give to another military child? I would say use this experience to learn. There, there will be hard things. But if you are understanding that those hard things will like benefit you for years to come, like learn and and just soak in the entire experience because you know while it 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 has its hard moments, there are things that very, very few people have the opportunity to see and you know to have the the experience of of just living that the military lifestyle without actually having to be in the military. Right. Cause you don't have to, like, you don't right. have to continue it, but having that opportunity to experience it as like, you know, from an outside perspective, cause that's exactly what your dependents are. They're an outside perspective to the military life. And because you're not dealing with, you know, someone yelling at you or, right. you know, being told that you need to be at this place at this time, but at the same time, you, you kind of are, right? right? You have someone who's in the military, who's close to you. You have, you know, if you have to check into a base, like you, you are told like, Hey, you need to be here at this time. And that experience is, will benefit you for years. And so I just say like, soak in the experience and understand that it's, may have its hearts, but it will benefit you ultimately. Absolutely. Cause you never know, you know, where life's going to take you and where, where right. it's going to go. Right. Yes. So thank you, Jason, so much for being on the podcast and, you know, sharing your story of not only being a military child, but also being a service member. So thank you. And thank you very much for sharing your story and being on the podcast. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.